Hey, everybody. I'm Jen Garrett. My passion for football and pushing boundaries has helped me to create a successful business using the same performance building principles of the world's best players. Through my Move the Ball book, workshops, and consulting work, I've used the same system to help thousands of people to think and execute like a pro athlete when it comes to business and branding. Now, I'm on a mission to help you utilize those tools and strategies to elevate your hustle and get you across the goal line. So get ready. It's time to suit up, to show up, and to move the ball. Hey, everyone. It's great to be back with you for another episode of Move the Ball. If this is your first time listening, welcome. And if you've been a part of the Move the Ball movement for quite some time, welcome back. I'm glad that you are here with us today. As you all know, on this podcast, we talk about business, branding, sports, and of course, how to move the ball. Before we get into today's episode, I have to say it. If you have not already done so, hit that subscribe button so that you never miss an episode and share it with some friends too. It's how you can help me to move the ball. It's so hard to believe that we are this far into season three already, and really we're this far along in 2022 as well. I mean, the time has just flown by, and for this show, there's been such an incredible guest list for the season. I've been blown away by the conversations that we've had, and I also really appreciate those who have reached out and shared your feedback. If you haven't done so, please rate the show on whatever platform you're listening to this on. I always appreciate your support there and want to hear what you have to say. You know, a couple of episodes ago, I decided to throw it back and do a highlight reel of some of my favorite shows from seasons one and two. But all of those episodes featured people who were in sports, mostly current and former players, and then some others who have been paving the way in sports. But this show doesn't just feature people in the sports industry. We also have business leaders, successful entrepreneurs, and Fortune 500 senior executives that come on. And because we talk about business, branding, leadership, navigating a career on the show too, I wanted to highlight some clips from those shows as I know a number of y'all find those conversations beneficial as well. Now, the people that I'm going to feature for today's episode, they've got great insights and lessons to share. So I hope you'll like the snippets that I've pulled for this episode. A few things to mention before the highlights. I have some previews of things to come that I want to share. First, you all know that we have the Move the Ball merchandise store up and running. Of course you do, because I mention it every show, and there is a link in the show notes. Well, as we are getting ready for the kickoff of the NFL season, I'm currently working on some new swag, which will be released once the football season kicks off. So stay tuned there. And if you have ideas for what you'd like to see, or even have suggestions on phrases that you think are on point with the Move the Ball movement that you think I should talk to my team about incorporating incorporating into our merch, then please let me know. Would love to hear your thoughts. Always love getting that feedback. There's a link in the show notes to my website. And so you can send me a note there or hit me up on social media. I'd love to hear your thoughts. Next, a few shows ago, I mentioned that I had finished writing my next book. It is a compliment to the Move the Ball book. And it's all about how life changes when you choose to show up. Now, the manuscript is in the publisher's hands, and we just recently had a conversation to narrow down the title for the book, which is kind of an important part to being able to launch a book, right? You need that title. So we've brainstormed a number of ideas. We're down selecting it. We've got a few that we're choosing between. So we are in the final selection stages. So I'm excited for that. And again, stay tuned. I'll be doing the book title reveal very soon. 
Lastly, you guys also know that I recently decided to start TikToking. Yes, I'm late to the game, but hey, I'm there fully present, and now I am becoming a TikToker too. So far, I've really been posting clips from training with NFL players in the offseason, and then also since I've been out at training camp, I've been posting videos from there too. I actually just got back from being out in Orange County at Chargers training camp. So if that's of interest, go on my TikTok and you can see those videos. Give them a like and a follow, and you know that's always appreciated because... It takes a team to move the ball, and I'm thankful to have y'all a part of the movement and on my squad. Okie dokie, you've heard enough about me talking about my stuff. Let's get into the highlights of the show. So what I'm going to do now is I want to throw it back to season one, episode 42, to kick us off. And that is with a gentleman by the name of Peter Taunton. Peter was the CEO and founder of Snap Fitness, and in this clip, he talks about his experience as a kid of getting out from behind the popcorn stand and a lesson he learned then to be successful in business. Have a listen. It was a Saturday morning. My father walks by, by, walks by my popcorn stand, gets about 40 feet past me. He stops in his tracks. He pivots, and he comes straight back towards me. And I'm thinking, oh, my gosh, what did I do? And I'm kind of going through my mental checklist. And he stops and he says, hey, son, how are sales? And I was going to give him my little eight-year-old dissertation of why sales were kind of slow that day. I, I spit out about 15 words. And he goes, son, it's slow because you're sitting behind the counter. You're not getting out from behind that counter and going and, and chasing your business. You're letting the business come to you rather than going getting the business. And I said, all right. So when my, when my dad walked away, I started, I walked around the counter to where the people were and I would approach people and say, hi, would you like some popcorn? I just popped it. It's fresh. It tastes great. And well, naturally my sales about doubled. And I realized that first lesson, Hey, look, don't just wait for things to happen. Go make things happen. And that's true in just about everything you're pursuing your life. This next clip is also from season one. It's episode 59 with Doug Bouton. Doug is one of the co-founders of the ice cream company, Halo Top. You might have Halo Top in your local grocery store. And Doug is currently the CEO of Halo Top International. Now, this is a little bit lengthier of a clip, but it has some great stories and perspectives of Doug going through his first year of entrepreneurship with Halo Top and how they had to pivot. It's a double-edged sword in that sense. You care so much about it. it. It's your baby and, and you, you pour everything you have into it, your, your heart, your blood, sweat and tears that you're absolutely right. You know, I, I remember, you know, I, I'd wake up. I still do. You know, sometimes I'll just pop up at like 4 a.m. wide awake with, you know, my mind's racing about something going on with the business that for whatever reason, my mind and body say, get up and go handle this now, which is not the healthiest uh, thing to do. But um, so I get it. I, I think a, a lot of entrepreneurs are wired the exact same way as you. Yes. And so talk to us about the, the first year is always a tough year. As you get more momentum, it seems to be, I don't want to say easier. It's not easier, but you feel like, yes, I'm making progress, bringing in revenue, but getting going is always tough. And so talk to us about the rest of that first year. How did you guys stay focused as an entrepreneur? You pivot all the time, right? Depending on oh, yeah. your customer feedback, uh, environmental factors in COVID. I've pivoted quite a bit. I'm sure you guys have pivoted in some ways as well. So talk to us about that first year and the struggles and how did you keep going? 
Yeah. And I'll say uh, we were fortunate that uh, we did not found our startup amidst a, a global pandemic. I cannot imagine uh, the curveball that th- that throws to you and other entrepreneurs that, that are at your stage. So uh, credit to you and the other ones out there who are persevering, to your point, are pivoting and, and are, you know, frankly, just figuring it out. That, that's what it's about at the end of the day. For us, though, our story. So year one, uh, 2013, that was Again, kind of, I'm going to call it a honeymoon year in a sense. We weren't really at many stores. So there wasn't a benchmark to say we were kind of selling the idea and the concept more than sales. I'll get into why that was an issue later on. But so that year, we got to raise money and we we raised about $500,000. It closed in September of 2013. And we started to sell into different accounts, including Sprouts Farmers Market. That was our biggest one. It was a couple hundred stores uh, in and around the Southwest region of the U.S., but we hadn't been in stores long enough or really in enough stores where people were benchmarking our sales like, hey, did you grow from last year? That always becomes the challenge as you as you keep going. So we didn't have that pressure in year one because we were benchmarking against zero in sales, basically. Problem was in year two and year three, th- those were the really difficult years for us because now we're benchmarking against year one. Sales aren't going nearly as well as they should. Uh, we had to reformulate the product entirely. We rebranded the product entirely, to your point. Uh, we pivoted our retail strategy in terms of just going for kind of Whole Foods and Sprouts and, and those more organic or natural stores to actually looking at Kroger and, and some of the more conventional uh, stores, which was a big pivot for us at the time. But those years two and three, when, again, we were getting discontinued at a lot of stores, our customer retention was not great. The customer experience uh, with the product was not great. And that, that was a tough time because you work so damn hard and you put so much into it and you're just not getting that traction. You're, you're not getting... Uh, you're not getting the result. And and no matter if you're going through the right process, no matter if you're the smartest, hardest worker, that's not enough. <laughs> At the end of the day, you 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 need some breaks as well. And uh, we can get into it. But we ultimately got got a few breaks starting in 2016 that fortunately kind of put us on on a growth curve where the results started coming. You, you can have a clear plan, but you better have, you know, 10 different ways to pivot that plan. And ultimately, for me, it comes down to control what you can control. And I still work at this. I think everybody has to. It's it's not something that comes naturally because it's so easy to lose focus of that and, and to start worrying about the results and a lot of things that are outside of your control. And then also to say, hey, if something happens in this plan, there's a hundred different ways it could go wrong. So now you could spend all of your time trying to think of the hundred different pivots you could make and all the ways you could mitigate and this and that. Or you could, you know, basically say, look, I think this is the best path forward right now. Let me put my head down. Let me go task by task, you know, what there is to do. Let me do the 10 things in front of me. Then I'm going to pick my head up. I'm going to see where I'm at and see if I need to pivot from where I was last week or last month or last quarter, whatever it may be. You kind of break it down into those increments. So that's how I ultimately approached it. And I think it's one of those things when you think about everything that you have to do as an entrepreneur to honestly, even to, to do it for nine months, uh, like you've done so far, that's an incredible accomplishment. I, I, I can imagine everything you've had to do to, to found it, to keep it going, to keep, you know, and obviously to continue to keep it going beyond that. I think a lot of people outside looking in would be like, oh my God, how did you do the literally 1 million things you've had to do small and big to make this thing work for, for a year or whatever it may be? But I don't think it's rocket science if you break it down into those kind of manageable increments where you say, look, I did 10 things on Monday. I did 10 things on Tuesday, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. And again, after a day, a week, a month, uh, whatever it may be, you kind of pick your head up and say, all right, 
where did I think I was going to be? Where am I at now? And what, if anything, do I need to change about my direction? Next up is an incredible woman by the name of Liza Huber. And this snippet is from early in season one. It's episode 11 of the show. Now, Liza has actually been on twice in season one. First as part of this episode that I'm sharing. And then also I featured her in the Women in Leadership series that I did later that season. Liza is the daughter of well-known soap opera star and actress Susan Lucci. And Liza also had a successful acting career herself. But then she decided to venture into the world of entrepreneurship founding a company called Sage Spoonfills. In this clip, we'll discuss how she views and handles rejection. Well, rejection now is different, right? Because it's business. I guess it's all the same. Rejection is rejection. I don't take rejection personally. Business is business. And you just keep going. And you realize there's a thousand different reasons why someone can be rejected. And also, you know, in those 20 years, you know, since I was an actor, I mean, or, or starting on Passions, I've got to say some of the very best things that have ever happened to me, both personally and professionally, have come out of rejection or very difficult circumstances. So my view now is, okay, this seems terrible on the surface, but I look back historically and something really awesome is going to happen because of this life experience, you know? Yes. No, I I truly believe that everything happens in our lives for a reason, even if it's not fun and it could be a rejection or some other unpleasant event. And there's always good things that come about from it. And one thing that I, I like to tell people, someone just asked me yesterday about how do you deal with rejection? And I said, you know, if someone tells you no, it just means that they're not meant to be on your journey with you, but you keep going. Very true. I'm a firm believer that there is some kind of higher powers, karma, something, because it really is amazing how if you leave yourself open to taking different directions and going with the flow, like you wind up places that are better and different than anything you could have ever planned for yourself. And when you look back on where you came from, a lot of it is growth from rejection. So I don't worry about rejection anymore. It just means it's leading to something better. Now, while many of the highlights in this episode are with business leaders outside of sports, I do include a few people from the sports industry. And this next clip is from someone who you might remember from being on the football field, officiating games, and he now serves as a network rules expert, and he does many other things as well. This clip is from Mike Pereira. It's back from episode 32. And by the way, if you're a football fan, I would suggest you go listen to this episode in its entirety. Mike shares such great stories about different games and NFL rules that have changed over the years. It's entertaining, educating, and inspiring for sure. But for now, have a listen to this clip. What you do is you take that pressure and you learn how to basically release it from yourself so that you can make logical decisions, forgetting about that pressure, putting pressure aside. And that's true in everyday life. I think pressure causes us to react in a reckless way. You can't afford to do that in football when you're on the field, whether you're a player or you're an official. And the same way in life, you have to take something where you would expect your blood pressure to go to 150 over 90, and you need to find a place in your mind where you can bring it back down to 120 over 80. That's a life lesson that you get from officiating. Jennifer, that goes back to 
my first day that I stepped on the field in, in East Palo Alto at a Pop Warner football game and the parents were screaming at me. In a way then, I felt like it was a privilege, that it was a privilege to be out there. And I learned that those that normally put the pressure on you know a lot less than you do. And so you can basically internalize that and make better decisions. Sure. Is there anything that you would share with our listeners on how they can kind of keep their mindset right? Is there anything that you would tell yourself or that you would do to handle that pressure? I've always said in your, whether it's your occupation or whether it's your avocation or whether it's your passion, because everybody has to have a passion. Mine happened to be officiating. Um, you need to become an expert. I mean, you need to know the ins and outs. You need to constantly continue to learn. You need to constantly continue to read. You need to become that person that knows more than anybody who's trying to criticize you. And I always felt that way in officiating. I, I believe I got to a point. I'm not sure that I'm still at that point now as you, as you move on in years. But there wasn't anybody that could beat me in my prime when it came to knowledge of rules. If you become fully versed in whatever it is you're doing, the company that you work for, the industry that you work for, if you become fully versed in that, then I think your confidence level explodes. And I, I think that's a great thing. All righty. So far, you've heard from season one snippets. Now, early in season two, I had on a serial entrepreneur by the name of Matthias Metternich. Now, Matthias has built several successful businesses, including one called The Art of Sport, which provides personal care products for competitive athletes. And a fun fact, Kobe Bryant was actually one of their founding investors. Have a listen to this clip from episode 84. I think later in life, as you realize the power of team and you realize how much further a good team can go than one person, you invite people around you much earlier in the sequence of that initial kind of nucleus of an idea. And, you know, in the case of Art of Sport, it was very clear to Brian. Brian Lee is my co-founder in the venture with Kobe Bryant that we would need to have a brilliant team around us who could help us take advantage of this very large opportunity in a, in a very nascent albeit it's competitive category, if we were going to be successful in creating an outlier and move at the speed that we would felt we needed to, to take advantage of the opportunity. So to that end, I think what we did, where we started was with the absolute building blocks of the value proposition, how can we assuredly and confidently put the best possible product into the world? On that clip, Matthias talked about having the right team. That's so important in business and in life. No matter who you are, you need the right skill set and expertise around you to help you to move the ball, right? So that's important. And this next clip is with former NFL player and current performance trainer, Yo Murphy, talking about team a little bit more. Now, Yo, he trains elite athletes like Heisman Trophy winner Devontae Smith, he also trains New York Giants defensive backs Xavier McKinney and Dane Belton and also Indianapolis Colts linebacker Zaire Franklin. Zaire was also on the show, by the way, earlier this season. He just trains so many elite athletes, not just in football, baseball, hockey, many other sports. Anyway, on this clip, Yo discusses what he looks for when selecting people to be on his team. I think the biggest thing is playing pro sports or, or playing sports, period. You know, one thing that it, it, it taught me that I've carried on off the field is to achieve greatness, you need help. You can be, you know, an amazing player, but championships in sports 
is, is usually what they look for when they're talking about greatness. Business, you know, once I got off the field and, and really decided on what I wanted to do, I really focused on that, you know, as I built my team as I, you know, I just needed great people around me to support me, you know, push, pull, just really good teammates. And let's unpack that a little bit. When you look for a good teammates, what qualities are you looking for for people to be a part of your team? Simple. Empathy, effort, and energy. It's my motto. It's taken a while to really figure out, you know, how those look and, and how they can support what we're trying to do. You know, just going back through it, you know, when I have somebody that works for me, works with me, that has empathy for who we're working with or the cause, it really helps them get bought into it. You know, the effort and the energy that you go about it helps with the intent. You know, that's what I look for. I I need somebody that's empathetic to what we're doing or who we're doing it with or doing it for. Um, And when we can get that, you know, it, it, it gets us off on the right foot. It helps us with understanding how to be humble in a situation. Man, pride and failure are so close in definition. You know, I really try to focus on making sure that we're humble. You know, we're servants. We understand that. Confident in in how we serve, but, you know, making sure that we're leading with humility. Next up is a treat. So on this Move the Ball podcast, I've had the pleasure of having two CEOs who were featured on the hit show Undercover Boss. This clip is from one of those CEOs. It's from episode 109 with Eric Cassaberry. Check it out where Eric talks about being on the show. And also we're talking about people and teammates. And uh, I'll let you have a listen. Two ways were really that, you know, business is so granular, whether it's a franchise business, corporate structure business, whether you have one unit or a hundred units, it really comes down to people and who the people are and what they're doing every day and what matters in their life as well as your business life. So there's such an interwoven web of connectivity, especially in our business. We're a service business and we're a people's business in that business. So it really was very relatable, the relationships that are there and the authenticity of the show is just so amazing. And I had realized because you start to forget that the cameras are there very quickly because you're doing the job. You're worried about the task. I was always worried about blowing my cover and the, and the person across me was worried about what the storyline was because they tell them a fake story of why we're there. That's how it works. They give them another story like, hey, they're filming this for another show that's going to air on cable about winning a contest. That's the storyline, which was great. And then the takeaways come out of it. You're like, wow, this business is really so heavy relying on who, not what. And the what's important, but really it's the who. It's all about the relationships. I included this because Eric stressed something which I feel is super important, and that is the need to focus on building quality relationships. It's about the people that you interact with, your teammates, your customers, your colleagues. The relationships matter. And people, they always ask like how I built this brand and my consulting business, getting to work with some of the world's top business leaders, corporate executives, and of course, professional athletes. And it's simple. I mean, there's a lot of things I did, but I really focused on the relationships. And when you put the time in to build relationships, that's when you really move the ball, whether you're an entrepreneur or not. It's just that simple. The relationships you have with people matter. In my business, I get a lot of referrals too because of those relationships. And I mean, yes, I produce high quality work and my clients get the results that they're looking for, but it's also about the relationships and making sure that you're cultivating those solid, genuine, authentic 
relationships with people. I mean, that's going to go far. So no matter whether you're a corporate professional, an entrepreneur, you know, just make sure that you're taking the time to focus on people and remember that at its heart, at its core, we're all human beings. And so just start forming great relationships with people and getting to know people as people. It's not just about business results and things like that. And that is really how you're going to build great teammates, have great colleagues, move the ball in business, in life, in whatever, is by focusing on the people. So next, we have one of my favorite human beings. He played college football at the Naval Academy. He is still serving as a Naval Reserve officer, although me being a current Army officer, still serving today, while I would go to battle with him and proudly serve next to him, there is just one day in December that I proudly say, go Army, beat Navy. All right, I've digressed, but in addition to this person being in the military, it's Jesse Iwuji, by the way. Jesse is also a NASCAR driver who has partnered up with Emmett Smith Racing. So tune into the snippet from episode 103, where Jesse is talking about strong leadership. And that's how you can create great teamwork because you're all in it together to make that happen. As far as leadership, as a leader, helping foster that type of environment, that type of positive environment where everyone's empowered to keep this system up to par and doing great things. Being a leader, that's the tough part is understanding, okay, what do I got to do to make sure that I can keep this system efficient and working always? Because as a leader, you can't think that you're a good leader if your team just does well because you're able just to motivate them and that's it. Because when you're not there, you're not motivating them, then what are they doing? You got to create that efficient system where they're motivated no matter what, because they think about the mission. The mission never goes away. You're going to be there. You're going to be gone the next day. Someone else is going to replace you. Now, another Naval Academy grad who was on the show is a guy who is currently the CEO of a company called Sharper Shape. His name is Mr. Chris Buffet. Chris has served in many C-suite positions, including being the CEO and president in one of GE, General Electric's aviation business units. And that's actually where I met him as he was my boss. So anyway, here's a clip from episode 116 with Chris. I'm fond of saying no decision is a decision. And a lot of organizations get held up because somebody somewhere in the organization is not making a decision. What really happens is uh, a problem comes up and somebody in the organization will make that decision for you. And so ensuring that everyone in the organization knows how to make those decisions is something which we follow. It's very simple. It's the objectives and key results. A great book out there on it called Measure What Matters by John Doerr. And we, we adhere to that. So every quarter, we look at what our objectives and key results are because I spend my day trying to make sure I don't become the bottleneck of the organization. Maybe that's from my military training. So that if someday I'm not there, we know what we are trying to accomplish. We know what the mission is. And the organization can make those decisions, you know, quite frankly, without me if they have to, or, or any of our other leaders. Now, in that snippet, Chris was talking about decision-making. And why I included this is, of course, it's important to have people making decisions, but it's important to have everyone on the same page. And that strategic alignment to whatever the team's mission and objectives are is critical. You know, no matter who's on your team, everyone needs to know what the goal is. So that way, anyone can step in and make decisions that are consistent with what needs to be done to achieve those objectives. So make sure that first you're clear on whatever it is you are trying to do and make sure your team is also in the know so that anyone, like I said, can step in, make a decision. You don't need to have the senior leadership there. Or if you are the senior leader, you can step away and know that your team is going to still do the right things and make the right decisions, even in your absence. 
Next up, we have a wonderful woman who was an executive with the NFL for many years, and then she transitioned to work for Activision Blizzard as the GM for Call of Duty, and she was the commissioner of the Call of Duty and Overwatch leagues. Here is what Joanna Ferries had to say in this clip, which was from episode 82. To your point, we can't do huge things alone. It just doesn't work that way. And sometimes you need to go to a coach or somebody who's outside of your own head and say, hey, here's what's you know working. Here's what's not working. And they have your back and they're going to help you put one foot in front of the other. We've all been there, though. You know, you need those times to just kind of grieve a little <laughs> or feel the sting of a missed opportunity. But again, you get back up and you look back at, you know, what can I learn from that moment? What can I draw from that moment? And I, I'm a big believer in coaches helping athletes really activate the best of themselves. I wanted to highlight this because Joanna brings up a great point, which is the need to have coaches in your life. If you've been listening to the show, you know that when I have athletes on, we talk about their training and the coaches they have to help them get better. Whether you're an athlete or not, we all need coaches to help us work through situations, to level up, to help us get better, to help us learn and take away lessons from experiences. For me, I do a lot of coaching with corporate professionals as well as pro athletes. And I would highly encourage you to look for coaches who can help you and make that investment in your future. Like I said, we all need coaches. And so your biggest asset is you. So make the investment that you need to in you so that you can grow, can continue to move the ball. And coaches are an important way to do that. Now, I don't spend a lot of time on the show talking about what kind of coaching I do, but I'm going to take just a minute here. Aside from the business consulting and coaching, I also work with individuals on their brands and how they can position themselves to navigate their career, advance their career. And also for those with businesses, how do you position your business and your brand to attract the opportunities that you want? I also do a lot of interview coaching to help people become more polished in their conversations, whether it's dealing with the media, with like my pro athletes as an example, or also for corporate professionals when it comes to interviewing for jobs and how they package their experiences in such a way that will help differentiate themselves and set them apart from their competition. Because a lot of people, like they've got great backgrounds, they just don't know how to sell themselves and they're not comfortable talking about themselves. So that's why they hire me to help coach them through that so that they can come across more polished and package themselves in a way, like I said before, that helps to set them apart from other people that they're competing against. So if that's of interest to you, you know, there's a link again to my website in the show notes. Please go reach out to me there and we'll have a conversation. We'd love to see how I can help you. Okay, enough about that. I've got one more clip for you back from season one. It's episode 46 and it's with another guy who I just love. He is a former NFL player. He's a successful speaker and an entrepreneur. Anthony Trucks. Now, a fun fact about Anthony is that he also was on American Ninja Warrior, and he was the first NFL player to ever hit the buzzer. So have a listen to this clip. So I have this thing called a seven second rule. And what I do is, is whenever I get some news or something pops up or something stressful, I give myself seven seconds to wallow in it. Like just think about it and like stress. Oh, and then I go, all right, let's figure it out. Let's solve it. And the reason I do it is because whatever you go looking for, you'll find. So I choose to look for solutions before I look for excuses. And so when I go looking for solutions, like I've tuned my brain to be able to find the solution every time and then it, it rolls. So it's hard. There are difficult things, but it's a matter of how do you choose to pursue things in the moment? Like how does your brain turn when it gets at a point of difficulty? Because if you as an entrepreneur cannot do that in seven seconds, like if you can't in seven seconds 
find a way to start like having joy to solve this puzzle. Because we entrepreneurs, we're puzzle solvers. We're, we're problem solvers. We, we do puzzles. It's like, how do I figure out this thing to be able to have success for myself or for my clients or solve that problem? All of it's just puzzles. So if you don't like puzzles, if you don't get excited for puzzles, then this is not the industry. Well, there you have it. 11 clips from successful entrepreneurs and business leaders. If you like these episodes, I hope you'll go back and listen to them in their entirety. I know you'll take away so much from these shows as well as any of the other prior episodes. I mean, I've said this a number of times, but every show just has such great perspectives and insights that the guests share. So you can't go wrong listening to any of them. So go check those out. And thanks again for listening. We will catch you next time. Once again, it does take a team to move the ball. And I always appreciate your support for helping me to grow my reach with this show and influence through the movement. So please share the show with a friend or two or three or more. Or if you're in an organization, please let your team know about the show. Let your leadership know. You never know who these conversations can positively impact and influence. So telling others about the podcast can make a difference for them. And of course, again, it's one way that you're helping me to move the ball too. So please share it. And lastly, go check out the show notes. I've got my TikTok there. I've got my other social channels. If you want to follow me on other platforms, see the videos that I've been posting with the fellas, you reach out to me on my website. If you think I can help, or if you want to share feedback or let me know some suggestions for merchandise. And then, you know, I've mentioned the move the ball book a number of times. I've got a link there for you to go check that out. If you haven't checked it out already, it's in ebook, audiobook, and paperback. And That's enough of me talking about me. So we will catch you next time. Again, appreciate you listening and, you know, keep doing great things. Keep being you and just keep making sure that you're keeping it moving every day. So until the next show, make sure that you suit up, you show up and you move the ball. Thank you for listening to Move the Ball. To see more about what I'm up to and how I can help you to move the ball in your business, with your brand or your career, check out my website at www.getinsidethehuddle.com. Make sure you subscribe to the podcast so that you never miss an episode and also join the Move the Ball Facebook group for even more content and to be a part of the Move the Ball movement.